looking back at the best of Saturday racing from around the country and examining the major talking points of the day, this is Past the Post. Brought to you by Archer Park Racing. Taking racing ownership to the next level. Good morning, everyone. This is Past the Post, Sunday the 19th of February. Another great day of racing yesterday, particularly, of course, at Flemington with the Group 1 Black Caviar Lightning and, of course, was Herbertville Stakes Day at Rose Hill Gardens. Good morning, Eagle Farm as well. Michael Maxworthy joins me in the studio this morning. Morning, Michael. Morning, David. Yes, there were lots of highlights yesterday, but you know what I was most pleased to see? What was that? The good old boy in race eight at Flemington, the eight-year-old Scotopini, scooting around Flemington like a three-year-old. Like, what an amazing horse he's been. It's an amazing story. We're going to expand it. I mean, we have a chat with Matt Hoist. They had a good day yesterday, the team, of course, a double at Eagle Farm, but yeah. Scalopini uh, put the real icing on the cake and a very polished performance. This is not the first time he's done it, either. No. He's had five starts in Melbourne for two wins, a second, a third, and a fifth. And yesterday he just carved across the face of the field, gate 13, and the way he zipped away at the top of the straight... <laughs> Yeah, it's exactly. amazing at this age and, you know, all the racing that he's had. Obviously, he's been very well handled by O'Day Hoisted. And um, to be going this well at, at, at this age is, um, you know, testimony to uh, to the team behind him and, and him himself. He's just a wonderful horse. And with that victory yesterday, David, $106,000 to the winner. It took him over a million dollars. He's now won $1,011,000. Yeah, wonderful effort, and we'll have a chat with Matt Hoisted in this first segment when we look back at Flemington. Some, well, always there's big names at this time of year as they're getting ready for the, 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 the big group ones in March and April. A couple got knocked off their perch, Nature Strip, which we're going to listen to very shortly, $1.95 in the Lightning, out of the place. Aft Cabin, $1.60 in the Hobartville, out mm. of the place. We'll talk about that, but I think the broader point is, and I'm interested in your thoughts here, is that there's no preordained or predestined races for, for any particular horse. These two-year-olds, these three-year-olds, and even our open-class horses, uh, there's not a lot between them, at least at this stage. There's no there's no standouts, and, and the, the futures markets are reflecting that. Yes, um, and regarding the Golden Slipper coming up on the 18th of March, um, did we learn a lot yesterday? Uh, at the moment, we've still got learning to fly the favourite at $4. Skirt the law. She's holding up there at $7. Barber at 8 with Red Resistance. Cafe Millennium is an interesting runner. Um, and, of course, uh, learning to fly. They both won at Randwick last Saturday week, storming down the outside. There's some talent there, but nothing has really stood up. Uh, King's Gambit was one-time favourite. It's currently $17 for the slipper. Yeah, exactly right. And um, I, I think, you know, seeing yesterday, half Cabin, you can make an excuse that he had to do a little bit of work, but I thought he got there not too harshly and uh, I thought under the circumstances on face value he looked yeah. a little disappointed that last 50 metres particularly mm. but it goes to show I think at one stage he was even money for the round with guineas well you know Osipenko winning it and horses beating home uh, off cabin suggests that there's no clear-cut um, decisions or, or or victories ahead over the next two months or so so we're going to have a look at Flemington we'll then touch on Rose Hill Gardens and then we'll look back at Eagle Farm yesterday. So thanks for your company. Of course, Past the Post brought to you by Archer Park Racing. The most important thing to do is to go to the website, archerparkracing.com.au. You'll find out everything there, what's for sale. Uh, you can spend however much you like, whatever percentage. And uh, the team have had a great run 
over the last six to eight months. You can be part of it. Okay, into the racing action, and we'll go to Group One racing at Flemington yesterday. This was a special day. It came on the back of the Asian Racing Conference. All the delegates enjoyed the day at Flemington yesterday. They had this whirlpool. I'll talk about that with Michael later. But uh, racing-wise, the Black Caviar Lightning was the feature, and Nature's Trip was the favourite. He made a return to the racetrack at a dollar ninety-five. So Marabi is the leader. 700 metres to go from Nature Strip. September runs nice and close and cool and gather wider on the track. A length and a half, Bella Nipatina Malane, followed by Fire Buenas Noches Baller. I wish I win his last in the Lightning. 450 metres to go. Nature Strip drives up on the inside to match Marabi. They're a length and a half, September run, cool and gather. Then came Bella Nipatina and further back in the field, Malane. It's Nature Strip trying to kick. Cool and Gatter's getting close and September runs back on the inside at the 150. September run drives through and Cool and Gatter then Bella Nipatina. Cool and Gatter in the centre lifts. Cool and Gatter in front of Bella Nipatina. I wish I win late. Cool and Gatter announces herself and wins it from I wish I win. Bella Nipatina. September run. Then Buena Noches. Next, Nature Strip. Baller. Marabi Fire. Last, Mullane. It was an exciting race. It always is the lightning. And uh, we had three abreast there with Nature Strip and Marabi dueling. Kulangata just sitting outside of them. And she prevailed in what was a hectic finish, Michael. Yes, she's developing a terrific record. Uh, five wins now from only eight starts. That was her second Group 1. I guess she was advantaged a little bit uh, with the 53-and-a-half on her back. You know, a good quality horse like her. And she she just prevailed. Um, I just wonder what the uh, future is, whether they may look at perhaps heading to, to Royal Ascot with her. But, gee, the runner-up, how good was he? I wish I win. 58-and-a-half kilos. Mm. Coming from last, uh, his sectionals were amazing yesterday. Let's talk about the Cool and Gatter story. Our first guest this morning is always a good supporter of this program, Ozzy Keir, part owner of Cool and Gatter. He's on the line. Ozzy, congratulations. Morning. Thank you. Thank you very much, Michael. Yep. Now, they, uh, David Eustace said yesterday that Ozzy does it best when Ozzy's on the couch. You don't go to the <laughs> races. Was that? Were you on the couch watching Cool and Gatter? I, I was. It's not a great um, superstition that I've sort of been able to build because. I feel like every time I go to the races, I'm, I'm going to get blamed for when they don't win. So, um, yeah, it's 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 not fun when all the ownership group wants you to stay at home um, for the big group ones. But, Ozzy, you must have risen off the couch at about the 50 metres. Uh, yeah, look, I've had, some, I've had a little bit of surgery um, a couple of weeks ago, so I was sort of laying low on the couch, I reckon. <laughs> um, I, po- I popped, off, popped half those stitches out of my neck um, from the 50, me- 50 metres from home. But, no, it was exciting to watch... Um, Look, to be honest, I, 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 sort of going in there, I didn't think uh, we, we, we would win. I didn't think we would beat um, Nature Strip. So to, to come out and be on top and win that race, it was just a big thrill for all involved. Yeah, she was a big drifter in the market, uh, Aussie. six fifty out to $9. Why, why do you think that might have been? I reckon a couple of the owners thought the same as us because if they, if they liked them, they don't normally drift that bad. No. So. I, I think, look, I think it was a quality field. And, um, look, as an ownership group, we questioned, um, that, you know, which we shouldn't, we questioned the trainer um, on, the, on, the, on their position to go to the, um, the, the, the Lightning because we just thought we couldn't beat um, those horses. So we were just to go to a weaker option. And uh, they stuck to their guns and said, no, we want to go there. And, and we obviously have to back them and... And they were right. Hasn't she given you 
a wonderful experience in such a short time. That was only her eighth start yesterday, her fifth win, her second at Group 1 level. Of course, she was brilliant as a two-year-old. We saw her at the Magic Millions, and she ran really well on the Golden Slipper. Then she won the Group 1 Moya during the spring. I like Jamie Carr's comments post-race when she said, I thought she was good when I rode her in the Moya. She's gone to another level now. Yeah, look, the stable has constantly said to us that she's improved and she's flying. Um, and I think their exact words were, um, she's airborne, she's flying, um, and we can't not go there. She's she's going that well. And, well, I mean, obviously we didn't know how good um, Nature Strip was going. So we can only go by our own horse. Um, but, yeah, no, she's improved out of sight. She was a very light, as a two-year-old, she was a very light, um, Philly, and she still is quite light uh, compared to all those other big colts that were sort of running around yesterday. And she's still developing, but she's so fast. And, and the fact that she's now sort of racing much better within herself as well is making a big difference because, uh, like, she was just... She was fantastic yesterday, even until Jamie asked her to, to go. And she showed a really good turn of foot. Um, whereas in previous runs, she's having to burn the candle on both ends and sort of falling in. So it was just great to watch. 56.46, she ran there for the 1,000 metres down the straight there at Fleming. So it was a great first-up win by her. Has there been a, a program sort of set in concrete for her as yet, Aussie, mapped out for the next month or so? No, because, no, look, well, I've never really had a 1,000 metres four-year-old feeling that this fast, so I've never had to contemplate a program um, with the trainers, but I, I, I've now sort of realised there's actually not that much um, for these horses. You know, after the Coolmore, there's there's not many races. I think there's only two Group 1,000-metre races, and that's the Moyer and the Lightning. She's won both of those. And I think our view is... Um, well, it was our view to go to Royal Ascot um, for the King Stand about two, three weeks ago, and everyone knew was sort of... Um, just saying, just let's just relax. Let's just let's just um, let's try to win. let's win this race first. Let's run well in this race, and then we'll decide. But I think that's now um, right in the in the in the program. Um, I think that's where we all want to go. And um, you know, we've got a, a horse that we would like to target down there called Light Infantry. So we might have a couple of runners there, and the group's all excited about going. And history says, or history tells you, that uh, Lightning Stakes winners have good success at Ascot. Chapoisia, take over Target, Miss Andretti, Scenic Blast, Black Caviar, Nature Strip. So the record says it's a it it, it can be a recipe for success. Yeah, well I think well I think we've known her having you know the best sprinters in the world and um, you know, like Nature Strip I think won last year and, you know, we'd love to go there and fly the flag um for Australia this year and um it's very interesting how all of a sudden all the wives and the partners are very excited about following Coolangatta because they all want to come on a trip to Europe. So uh, I'm sure there's going to be plenty of support to go down that path. So we'll see how we go. Look, we might look at the William Reed beforehand or um, or go straight there, but I'll leave that up to Dave yeah. and Karen. We're having a lunch today, and I'm sure those discussions will will come up. I notice you haven't mentioned the new market, Aussie, coming up on the 11th of March, 1,200 metres at Flemington. Uh, look, I think that would probably be unlikely, to be honest. Fair enough. Where, where was Kieran yesterday? Someone said he was on a plane at the time. Yeah, he was, he was on a plane. I'm not sure he was meant to be on his phone, but um, I texted him straight afterwards um, 
and he sent me a picture. He's pretty happy. I think he he got the, he got a glimpse of of, of um, her winning before he had to have his phone off. So he was on his way back home. Did he go to the Super Bowl? Oh, I'm not sure if I could comment, but I think he was <laughs> he was he around did. that area somewhere. I <laughs> think he did. From what <laughs> he I heard, have. he might have. If you've heard that, then he might have. I'm not, <laughs> I think I'm he not did. saying that he really didn't. But <laughs> those <laughs> rumours might be correct. Before you go, and thanks for being with us this morning. What else can you What else can you look forward to uh, over the next few weeks or next month or two? Oh, look, we've got a few three-year-olds um, progressing. Um, towards the sort of guineas and Rose, the Rose Hill guineas and, and Derby Pass. So we've got Miramasa who run mm. quite well yesterday. Um, these last couple of hundred, we've got Pierre also running Sydney. So we'll, uh, they, they're all sort of needing a trip. So they were all good first up. Um, and then we've got, um, you know, some of the younger horses like Gringotts who won his maiden just the other day. Looking forward to seeing him progress through the grades. Um, yeah, and then we've got Hinge taking on Animo. So, man, mm. after Cool and Gatter beating Nature Strip, I guess you can go in there with a little bit of, uh, a little bit more confidence that you can top off these champions, which obviously we know Animo is. So she'll be running in the Chippy Norton. Mm-hmm. I saw Gringotts, I, I think, was it packet of, was that one of those rich maidens they've got now? Yeah, yeah, it was a $75,000 maid and there's heats to the final, which is in two weeks. And, mm. um, yeah, he'd run really well. Good on you, mate. Congratulations on yesterday, and thanks for being with us this morning. No, absolutely. Thank you. Ozzy Keir joining us. I wonder if he ever gets off that couch at all. Just, <laughs> yeah. to see, just answers bit, the phone. Yeah, he spends a bit of time on the couch. But, um, but I don't know. Uh, I should have, shouldn't have mentioned that about Kieran. <laughs> I think I'm right. What about um, we touched briefly on I Wish I Win. He's a Savabeel, so he's gone enormous. First up from a spell, hasn't he, over the 1,000? Well, in these races, these races like you know, these group 1,000-metre races, and there aren't many of them, as Ozzy pointed out, they go fast from start to finish. So you rarely see a horse come from way back or at the back of the bus. That's why this horse's performance is extraordinary, I wish I win, considering, I mean, it's not a 1,000-metre horse, yet the sectional it must have delivered, the ground it made up, it was phenomenal. It's going yeah. to the new market, I think. Yeah, um, and would be better in it uh, the weights, one would think. Um, going to the new market and certainly the extra couple of hundred metres, absolutely perfect. Baller for Tony Gollan. Not really known as a thousand metre horse, is he? Sort of worked to the line nicely mm. the last two hundred or so. Yeah, exactly. I mean, this is Group One company, yeah. and it, it, it's 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 tough to win. It's good to be, be, even be there. Bella Nepotina, she always runs well. Now, she was good for Mara and Eustace as well. I thought Bonus Notches ran well. Now Nature Strip. So, I suppose after yesterday, I mean, he's probably the most talked about horse racehorse in Australia. And the immediate reaction, and I suppose with some understanding, was, well, it's time to pull up stumps. But I get the impression by what I've read this morning, that's not the case. I think Chris Waller said there was 5 or 10% missing that needs to be there next time we race. So I don't think there's any indication that that was the end of the road yesterday. Well, I guess if he's pulled up sound and eats up and that, you know, you've got to give him another go. He has put in the odd one in the past, hasn't he? The mm. odd performance and you've got to forgive a top-class horse, uh, you know, moderate run every every now and then. I must say when they, they got onto the course proper there, you rarely see him come up under pressure that far from home. He was under a lot of pressure 400 metres out in the wash-up. He's finished sixth and they just strip-beaten around about 
two and a half lengths. And, and, and that's the, the concern. You've hit the nail on the head there, the fact that he was under siege such a fair way out. I mean, it's only a 1,000-metre race, mm. and he was looking looking in big trouble, which he was at, at about the 400 metres. But it was a good race, an exciting race, and Kulin Gaddish, he's a pretty special filly. Well, we spoke about Scalopini earlier on, so let's have a listen to him. He stepped out in the uh, listed Elms Handicap, the eighth race of the day into the straight, 4.50 out at Scalopini, just from Milton Park who's under pressure, three lengths away then to Delasan, Daytona Bay up the middle, followed by Banker's Choice who's getting through between horses over on the far side and then Biometric, Scalopini tried to steal it, 200 metres to go, over two lengths to Biometric chasing Munamekas out late too, Scalopini 100 to go, getting tired Biometric's mowing it down but Scalopini's holding on and scored Scalopini three quarters to Biometric Munamek and then for fourth a photo not an option and Daytona Bay followed by Banker's Choice and Uncle Bryn next looks like Elvis in company then with Umgawa, Dallas Sand Catch 22, Hickok Milton Park, Crosshaven and at the tail of the field was Ryazan Scalopini debuted on the 30th of November 2016 in a Made at the Sunshine Coast and ran fourth to Sister Act here we are now some six and a half years later winning enlisted company at Flemington. This is one hell of a story. The man who's going to share it with us is his co-trainer, Matt Hoisted. Matt, congratulations. Thanks, David. What a, uh, just before we talk about the story of Scalopini, just in isolation yesterday's race, what were your confidence levels going there? Uh, look, I don't think he, he just couldn't be going any better, this this old horse. I mean, to, to get a gauge on him, just how well he is within himself, like we... Go for him or stand here every day, and he's bouncing around like a two-year-old. Like he, he's just so happy within himself. Uh, he was extremely impressive in a in a jump out last Friday. You know, really pulled away from him late, and couldn't have been more impressive. So, look, we're really happy with the way the horse was going. The only slight concern was obviously the big weight, wide gate. Uh, you know, and with the, just over four weeks between runs, whether he's going to be a little bit vulnerable late. Um, but the plan was always to roll forward with him and, and knew if he could get across cheaply enough, you know, give a give a really good kick and you know we'll take a really good one to run him down. And, and thankfully, he was he was nice and solid through the line. But you really see horses um, that are as versatile as he is. Like, he can go back to last in his races. And as we saw yesterday, he zoomed across to lead from gate 13. And that's not the first time that he's done that. Yeah, definitely. I think just with age, he's, he's probably more relishing that, that sort of style. Earlier in his career, if he'd be sort of too close to the speed, he wouldn't finish off. That was back when he, he probably had more of a more a dynamic sort of turn of foot. He was probably more suited over the 12 and, and even sort of just getting out to the 14. Whereas sort of nowadays, he, he has lacked probably that bit of zip and he, he probably struggles at the 12, which we, we probably saw Millions Day. Like he, he stepped away a little bit tardily and we sort of were a bit further back than we, we anticipated. And in turn, he just didn't have that sharp turn of foot to really be making up that type of ground, whereas, you know, with, with a bit of age on him now, just sort of being able to get into a really nice rhythm uh, like he like he did yesterday, um, you know, and, and not necessarily that it needs to be to be leading. He was obviously really effective, only sort of run down late in the victory where he was just behind uh, behind the speed up there uh, last winter. So, um, look, he's, he's got a bit more versatility and he's probably in, enjoying that, that more, you know, front-running rides now. And, um, you know, he's, he, once he gets in a, a nice rhythm, he's, he's all mildly hard to run down. I think we were saying this at the start of the program. Here's a horse in six months' time will be nine years of age. He's currently eight, and fair to say, I think no one would argue, <laughs> racing, racing in career best form. Uh, is there any 
special thing you do with this horse, the way you manage this horse, the way you train this horse, that he's racing so brilliantly at such an old age? No, not really. I think just uh, being able to take him away, I think there's no doubt, sort of, Steve and myself both have the same opinion that he's probably more comfortable on his Melbourne league, to be fair, even sort of track work and everything. He, he really enjoys enjoys this sort of Melbourne way of going and especially the big spacious tracks of, of Flemington. He, he obviously really does like. Um, look, he, he's probably going to start getting a little bit harder to, to place now. Obviously, he was a um, he's going to get right up in the ratings and and look, admittedly, he was super impressive yesterday. But you know, the field behind him, there was there was definitely no start, so he's going to have to you know probably take that next step now to start taking on some some harder opposition for where his rating's going to sit. But it's um, you know it's been really good as being able to get him down to down here with a you know to be able to still sneak him into a few few listed races, mm. um, you know, which we probably wouldn't have had the opportunity to to sort of get him in in those type of races in Queensland. So it's just being able to you know give the give the owners a bit more fun with him and you know who's to say that that up in grade with the right sort of run that he can't be still effective in in this sort of group class. Yeah, well as you mentioned, he's got a great record in Melbourne: five starts for the the two wins, second, a third, and a fifth. And we mentioned at the outset too, Matt. Um, he deserves a round of applause because he, he got over the million dollars yesterday. Yeah, huge. Look, that's um, obviously it was a about two hundred thousand dollar dollar purchase from for Magic Millions, and to to you know get up to that million dollar mark now yeah, is just a, a real credit to the, the team and and you know to be able to get the longevity out of him. Obviously, he's still racing at eight and being so sound and happy. So, look, really pleasing for for all the connections and obviously Jamie Walter, proven thoroughbreds. It's um, you know a big endorsement for them and yeah, hopefully hopefully he's uh, he's not done yet. I, th- I think I heard you mention yesterday post race. Does he go back to the scene of the crime? Is it the, the Shaftesbury Avenue at Flemington? Yeah, yeah. Look, that would be the plan. Obviously, the issue is just where his rating is going to sit. Mm. It is a handicap as well. So we'll just have a have a have a close look at that. There is obviously the option of the Ajax in Sydney at the same day. Um, it's a quality whether what weight he gets there, but we might keep our options open. Obviously, we'd have the preference of of running at Flemington over fourteen hundred. It's just going to be uh, yeah, sort of where he where he gets in the weights in a race like that. Whilst we're still on Melbourne, David, um, let's get an update, Matt, on Uncommon James. Yeah, really happy. Uh, look, he pulled up quite big on the back of that first up run, which I suppose we, we were sort of expecting uh, being first up for so long. So, look, he'll drive a hell of a lot of fitness benefit from that run. Uh, couldn't be happy with the way that he's feeling at the moment. He's nice and happy and healthy. So, yeah, look, really looking forward to, uh, yeah, next uh, next Saturday with him. Hopefully we can, can draw a kind alley and um, yeah, I can see him run well. It's shaping up as a going to be a good race, isn't it, the Oakley Plate this year? Well, it always is. Um, what sort of weight does he get, Matt? Yeah, so with Rocking Horse uh, obviously being scratched and potentially going there, he's going to throw a bit of a spanner in the works. Depending if we're sort of looking like he's going to be a 101-102 rater, we'll get a few points for running second there last week. So we sort of had him in it. Uh, going to be carrying 54, 54 and a half. But with uh, with Rockin' Horse potentially going there now, we might drop a kilo, so we might be looking at getting him with 53, 53 and a half now. Um, yeah, all depending if, if she's to, to take her place, which I think is the plan. And then finding a, a suitable rider that, that can perhaps ride that light? Yeah, so obviously we had Ethan Brown booked uh, booked to ride, but uh, sort of 54 is about his minimum. So we've got Ben Thompson as a backup. Obviously, he knows the horse very well, so... Uh, look, if she was to go there and he and he gets down sort of 53, 53 and a half, um, yeah, probably Ben will take the ride. Speaking of Ben, let's concentrate on Brisbane. It was a good day at the office there as well with a, a double and a Quinella in race seven. Namazoo uh, won for you in race two. Ben rode this horse. He was the favourite. He, 
He ran well in the Sunshine Coast Cup. Wouldn't call it a spectacular win yesterday. He, he ground away. But I suppose the question I put to you with this horse is, Namazoo, he's in your care now. He's, he's best known in, in central and north Queensland as a stayer, but in harder company in southeast Queensland, what path do you sort of plan to, to go with him, him now? Yeah, so pretty similar with where his his sort of rating sits. Uh, he's he's sort of a little bit tricky. So look, there's a there's an 1800 meter open in a couple of weeks. That's probably where we'll head to him. There, uh, he will head to having his next start, and and then we'll probably just have to make a call whether he's, he uh, has a little bit of a freshen and can go in those sort of fringe listed sort of low group races uh, over that sort of trip. Uh, sort of come out with the carnival. Uh, we'll just sort of see how he how he was to go. Obviously, and how he used to measure up. He was obviously second up. I think he'll derive a, derive a bit of fitness. As you said, it was more of a tradesman-like uh, sort of run there, but he should improve fitness-wise third up, and we'll probably get a bit of a guide on him in his next run with where we, we think he's probably going to sit. But it's just um, you know good to see him be able to pick up pick up you know nice prize money for the owners. That obviously there wasn't much for him up north after winning those those cups, so it's good to see him be able to um, you know continue his form and, and be running well. And you know whether he does stretch right out down here or, or whether he's sort of better suited that mile to 1800, we're sort of still learning about him. But um, yeah, look, he's it was just good to be able to knock over the win with him yesterday. He's a beautiful big horse, uh, Namazoo. Now you had a Quinella yesterday too, Enterprise Palm, nice and fresh, very heavily backed. Uh, she bounced back to beat the stable, mate. That feels better. Yeah, look, well deserved. It was a bit of a, bit of a frustrating uh, campaign with her last time. She's obviously a a mare that's got really nice ability. She was, you know, really effective as a, as a three-year-old and, and probably did just struggle with that touch sort of taking on the older horses now, just where her rating sits also. She was racing in, in better races against some, you know, pretty smart horses and, and although never really been beaten far, she just had sort of wide gates and nothing really worked. But obviously back to back to plate conditions, class three, uh, from a soft alley, it, it really sort of mapped well for her there. She had a really impressive jump out the, the week before. So, look, we're, we're nice and confident going in there and just good to see her, you know, see her be able to, uh, you know, get another, another Saturday Metro win with her. You know, she's, she's obviously performed in higher higher level, so hopefully we can we can see her go on, go on with it now. And, and, yeah, good to see the stable, mate. She's always a bit of a... Been a bit underage and sort of flies under a few people's guard. Uh, that feels better, but he's got a really nice amount of abilities. Uh, the full brother to better get set and, you know, continue just to get better with time. And I think he's, he's sort of, you know, quite similar. I think sort of getting out to 1,400, ridden nice and patiently again, he can uh, be going very close next start. Just before you go, we appreciate your time. I wanted to ask you about a horse that I've always had a good opinion of, a horse called Enterprise Attack, who suddenly had three starts for the stable, was second on debut, and then... One at Eagle Farm, it's made, and then one at a race at Doomben in early November of last year. What's the story with Enterprise Attack? Yeah, unfortunately, he's been sold to Hong Kong. Uh, was was sold on the back of that, uh, yeah, that, that good fighting victory at Doomben. His, his last start, so yeah, we we had sort of uh, plans on on trying to set him for for the duel, the three year old duel. Uh, but yeah, unfortunately, he was uh, yeah uh, off to off to Hong Kong, so he's over there now, and yeah, hopefully we can. Yeah, I can see him, see him go on. The, the horse has a hell of a lot of ability. We, we definitely never saw anything near, sort of nowhere near the, the ceiling with him yet. He had a, that much improvement in him. So, um, yeah, be interested to, to follow his progression over there. Has he had a, a name change or is it still Enterprise Attack? Uh, yeah, will be changed. I don't think it's been changed yet, though. I think he's still just down as the number. So, yeah, we'll have to, have to uh, keep a close eye on that over the coming weeks. Good on you, mate. Congratulations to you and Steve at uh, Eagle Farm yesterday, but particularly with, with Scalapini uh, becoming a, a millionaire galloper at eight years of age. It's a, it's a wonderful effort by the horse, and 
wonderful effort by you and Steve. Thanks for your time. Cheers, thanks. Matt Hoisted joining us this morning. Uh, talking about Scalopini and, of course, a good day at Eagle Farm yesterday. Yes, uh, the stable's um, back going really well. Last 50 runners uh, for Stephen and Matt, so 13 winners. And, um, yeah, it was just great to see Scalopini and Uncommon James. Gee, um, if Rock and Horse runs and he's only got 53 and a half, it, it could be a really good race for him next Saturday at uh, Sandown. Damien Laid rode Scalopini. Well, he had a good day there yesterday with a, a riding treble. Let's continue our look at Flemington and let's go to the C.S. Hayes. This is a traditional lead-up to the Australian Guineas in a fortnight's time. And Bank Moore was the favourite at $3.80. Around the corner at the 500 metres. It's He's Heaven the First to straight and challenged by Bello Bow. Then came Holy Man's yet to unleash on the outside. Cadetship is running on. Elkington Road is held up. Bankmore and Elliptical down the outside with Angry Skies. Holy Man's at the clock tower up to Bello Bow. Maximilius is getting through. Bankmore Elliptical late with Elkington Road. Holy Man's grabbed by Maximilius. A hundred to go. Holy Man's Maximilius. Elliptical driving at them. Elliptical's coming hard. Ellipt Elliptical's got up. Elliptical from Holy Man's Maximilius in photos with also Elkington Road and Attrition Late. Behind those horses then Bellow Bow, if I haven't already called it. Back behind those horses Bankmore and He's Heaven. Next to finish in the race, Balair, Fujita San, Muramasa. Well back in the field then Cadetship and Angry Skies, both looking chances at certain parts of the race. Blake Shin with a riding double yesterday. He partnered elliptical. First up for Anthony and Sam Freeman. Followed Bankmore into the race. Got a, a good card up, then peeled out and finished well. But it was a bunch finish, Michael. Probably yeah. only uh, two legs covering about eight runners. However, in saying all of that, the time was there. They We had several 1,400-metre races yesterday. They broke 122. But this horse was very good in the spring. I mean, second in the Caulfield Guineas, second to Sharp and Smart in the champion stakes at... Uh, at uh, the Spring Champion Stakes at Randwick. And they ran him in the, the McKinnon, which is now mm. called the Champion. I think Anthony Freeman made mention of this yesterday, that whilst he had every chance, it gave him the chance to go into the deep end, and they felt that it toughened him up. Yeah, and yesterday's distance, um, looking at his pedigree, probably short of his best, the 1,400. He needed every inch of it, didn't he? He was mm. winding up and just got up in the last 50 metres, but he is a colt by done deal. So you would think the distance range, 14 to 2,000, fits beautifully with this horse. And that was only his second win yesterday. He made a successful debut back in June, and then we didn't see him win until yesterday. But as you mentioned, some of his performances in defeat were indicative of a very, very nice horse. As we said, a bunch finished, but I thought the run of attrition was particularly yeah. good. Uh driving late from way back in the field. I was expecting a little bit more from Bankmore. Uh, Jai McNeil was able to get him into a nice trading position, but he just didn't have that uh, that dynamic finish that I thought he might have yesterday. He was only beaten a length and a half into seventh spot, but just uh, expected a little bit more from him yesterday. Elliptical is $8 in the Australian Guineas, which is coming up in two weeks' time. Let's go to the fifth race of the day. The last time we saw Anna Vista was here at Eagle Farm. She was in the Tats Tiara. She led as the $5.50 favourite and beat two to the line. It was a vastly different performance yesterday. 
Danovisto looking to go back to back. Had a kick at the 300 metres. Led by about two lengths. Wrote to Arataki who may have run her race. A gap Vespertine elusive express. An ex-leader from a long way back. But it's all Danovisto. 100 metres to go. Three or four lengths in front of Wrote to Arataki. And Anavisto trots in. Won it in grand style. Wrote to Arataki second. Ex-leader third from Vespertine, then came Elusive Express, Boogie Dancer well back, Cyrileo Miss Niffler El Patroness was well back with Glint of Hope. She was the $2.15 favourite, she's a natural go forward horse, she got no peace Road to Arataki, uh, put the pressure on and she actually delivered the quickest 1400 metres of the day 121.59 uh, that was her 7th win from start 17 and she goes straight to the Group 1 Coolmore in Sydney on the 11th of March but an impressive win. Yeah, um, you know, she's been good in the Group 2s and Group 3. She's got to step it up a little further, but that was a dominant win yesterday, and the punters were all over her. She started the $2.15 favourite and uh, and blitzed them in the Group 3. It's amazing, isn't it? Because when she came up here, uh, they sent her for the Tats Tiara, the last Group 1 of the season. I think she'd only trialled fairly before yeah. that race, and yet she's still around the favourite. But it's amazing with mares if they're... Inform their inform, and if they're not informed, they're right out of form. And she just gave up that day, didn't she? She dropped right out of it. Um, she ran fifteenth behind Star Tontes. wasn't beaten all that far, six and a half lengths. But yeah, um, she'd finished second in a trial at Deegan, and we were a little bit sus about that. And she didn't show up that day. But since the break, uh, she's obviously returned in good order. Peter and Paul Snowden know how to place their horses, and they did this precisely with a horse called Wallenby, who took out the Group Three Tab Vanity. Let's have a listen to the replay. Nunthorpe kicked for home, claimed Presenia March at the 250, Royal Merchant, Papillon Clubber there with See You in Heaven and Wallenby, a few hopes, they've got to Nunthorpe, Papillon Club and See You in Heaven with Wallenby, three across the track, Wallenby over the top from See You in Heaven, Wallenby a neck, a half, and Wallenby wins it, Wallenby from See You in Heaven, Papillon Club, then a head bobber for fourth between on the inside, Nunthorpe and Royal Merchant, next to finish in the race was Queen Air Zenzella, climbing star Presenia March, last was Love Nest. She was coming off the back of two midweek wins at Warwick Farm, but she took the step up. Ollie rode her and she did the job well. Yeah, obviously progressing nicely, only lightly raced. 11 starts, four wins, five placings. And she's a filly by extreme choice, uh, the horse that's had fertility problems. But by gee, he can get a good horse. And he's got a nice progressive filly here in Wallenby. Let's round out Flemington from yesterday. Lightning Stakes Day with the Talendert, the listed race for two-year-olds. Onto the course proper, about four horses off the inside running rail. Princess Juhello is the leader by two lengths for Roshi and Cracker Rib. And then came Mahaba about to be asked for. Next score, Sazy. Hell Queen's held up. El Sonzo and Tecito behind them. Princess Juhello at the clock tower with 200 metres to go. A length and a half. Mahaba getting into its work. And then came El Sonzo for Roshi. Score, Sazy. They've got to Princess Juhello. Mahaba's taken the lead. Hell Queen late. Mahaba draws away and Mahaba too good. Mahaba won it by over a length to Hell Queen and then to Cito. Behind those horses, a clump of them for Roshi and also Scorsese. Next in the field, our Sonzo 10 Warriors and Princess Jew. Hello from Cracker Ribbon, a Murr and Wellback Exposition, Rhodesian Red and Extremely Wicked was one of the last to finish. David Payne originally trained Mahaba and debuted in the Golden Gift last year, ran fourth to Barber, but has since now gone to Graham Begg, so uh, mm. they struck pay dirt immediately and Harbour may well be heading back up to Sydney for, uh, well, possibly a golden slipper. Yeah, that's interesting, that move, isn't it? The trainer uh, switching from David to, to Graham Begg. So 
Um, Graham getting this guy to win straight away, possibly back to Sydney. Yeah, he's a two-year-old by pride of Dubai, this fellow, and obviously that was a that was a good victory yesterday, getting up in Matalinda by a length. That was Flemington, of course, as we've been alluding to, next Saturday, uh, big day at uh, Sandown. Yeah. With the Blue Diamond, of course, the Oakley Plate and the Futurity. The so. market, um, Uncommon James, $9 at the moment on tab for the Oakley Plate. Um, David, the Blue Diamond. Um, we had Barber as the favourite at five fifty from Steel City six fifty. I thought exploring. She won the Phillies division of the uh, Blue Diamond previews a couple of weeks ago. She actually ran faster time mm. than Barber, and she's an eighteen dollar chance in the Queensland Philly party for two. She's at eighteen dollars as well. She's not nominated, but I believe they're going, they're going to pay up for her. So, yeah, a couple of great races coming up at Sandown on Saturday. Let's go to Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. The first race I want to have a listen to is the listed Parramatta Cup, and King Frankel was making his racing comeback yesterday. He'd done really well during the spring for the Mark Newnham stable, and he was very well fancied to win this race. He went off the favourite at $2.50. Coming around the turn, Banju and narrow leader. Sticking to the task, King Frankel a length away. Usper at the inside, and Sacramento the outside. Has he got the legs to keep going? Banju, the favourite's breathing down his neck now. King Frankel, drawn level, a length off to Usperit. Sacramento's labouring now. It's Banju and King Frankel slugging it out. King Frankel trying his heart out, trying to get past Banju. King Frankel lifts, wins the Parramatta Cup in a great war down the straight. King Frankel ahead to Banju, who was game in defeat. Sacramento third, Usperit fourth. Then Mohican Heights in a twinkling. Further back to Salino, Bonnie Ezra, Parry Sound and Raging Bull. He'd had two solid barrier trials and uh, his most recent one was quite impressive, so much so that punters were all over him. $2.50, rock-solid favourite, and a good fighting win. That was Banju's in yeah. really good form. and. Yep. He was able to dictate the terms, but uh, this fellow got him down. Yeah, it was a, a great duel, wasn't it, over the last 200 metres? And a good uh, training effort and the team behind Mark Newnham there at Ramwick to get this guy to win first up um, over 1,900 metres. Uh, King Frankel, he, uh, of course, was from the UK. He's a five-year-old now. He won his maiden at his fifth start in the UK, and since arriving under Mark's guidance, he's picked up four races. He did have a year off. I think it was 57 weeks uh, between his last start in the UK and his first run here. Yeah, and the good thing about him is, too, that um, he makes his own luck. He rolls forward. We saw him in that race at Newcastle on uh, Hunter Day. He was able to dictate the terms, but he's good to draw heavy as well. So we're going to have a chat with Mark, but he just can't be with us at the moment. So what we'll do, we'll press on and listen back to some more highlights from yesterday, and then hopefully we'll catch up with Mark. Let's go to the Hobartville. We we touched on this earlier that Arf Cabin was the dollar sixty favourite on the strength of a very good win in the Eskimo Prince. He did some work to get outside of the leader as we pick up the replay. It's Communist just in front of Aft Cabin. Zoo Tiger trying to hold Ossipenko in. Two lengths away to Machilate Pier trying to pick up on the rails. Down to the 300 and Clark's it going Aft Cabin just in front of Zoo Tiger. Ossipenko's taking the inside run. It's game on now at the 200. Zoo Tiger got to Aft Cabin. Ossipenko the inside. Machilate wide out. Zoo Tiger and Ossipenko nose and nose to the wire. Ossipenko bobbed and got there. Great finish in the Hobartville. Ossipenko Penko and nose to Zoo Tiger and Machalade third, followed by Aft Cabin, then came Communist from Pier, Williamsburg, Brosnan, Promito and Magic was last to finish. I think last year many people 
at the time questioned the Caulfield Guineas form. Well, they're not questioning it now because everywhere no. you're looking, there's, there's strains of form coming out. We saw Elliptical um, yesterday in Melbourne. And here's a, a, another case in point, Osipenko, who ran third in the Guineas. It was an extraordinary it run. It was, wasn't it? It was the most eye-catching mm. run, wasn't it? Um, and he, since the break, he's, he's gone on with it. It was ugly for him first up, wasn't it, in the uh, uh, the Eskimo Prince mm. at Randwick? But um, yesterday from Barry, one. I mean, Barry, is, they win races, don't they? And Nash put him third defence. There was pressure. He really lifted him, though. You could tell it was Nash Rewiller on the last 100 metres. And, you know, if you're on him, you needed Nash. And... Uh, Zoo Tiger has not put a foot wrong in no. his seven-start career. Had a good run, just beaten by Osipenko on the day. Uh, Mark's horse, uh, Machilate, again was good during the spring and first up today, so lacked a bit of fitness on the other pair. He was good as well. Williamsburg was running on. And as we said at the start, I'm interested in your comments. What did you think of Alf Cabin's run? Well, I had a good look at the steward's report, and um, Tim Clark said that the horse actually slipped coming out of the barriers. Mm. And you can see he was hesitant. He was back. And then he probably had to give him a little rein to go forward. And he sort of grabbed hold of the bit, didn't he? He was running hard, exposed down the back. Um, got outside the leader, and he did feel the pinch uh, towards the end. He ended up finishing fifth, beaten 2.2. I see where he's still favourite for the Randwick Guineas. Um, there was a punter that had 100,000 on him to run a place, top three, Ooh. at $1.12. So, um, and, of course, he had that incident in the last prep where he bled. So a bit of a tough run yesterday, so hopefully he can bounce back. He's obviously a... A talented horse, but Tim Clark believed the issue was more so what happened at the start. He wasn't anticipating that. Let's go to the Millie Fox Group 2 for the Phillies and Mayors. Maria Mayer, who, of course, won the Expressway to most recent start. She was well fancied at $1.80. Coming to the turn, Expat's really running in the lead by two lengths on Maria Mia. Now Electric Girl stoked up the inside. Pavitra rolls to the outside and two for the back to Roots. Into the straight and Expat at the 350. Three lengths clear from Maria Mia and Electric Girl. They're both starting to hone in on the leader now. It's Expat a length and a half in front. Electric Girl looks to be the big danger. Maria Mia's battling now. Then Cam Roots with the last shot at them. Electric Girl going after Expat. Expat still in front. Electric Girl levels up. Bob's gets there. Electric Girl won the Millie Fox from last year's winner, Expat and Roots got up to run the third. Then came Maria Mia from Pavitra. A gap back in the field to Cliffsart from Catlin. Gron Romore. Honey Creeper wasn't in a good mood today. She was last all of the way. Well, Electric Girl was part of a training double for Team Hawks and part of a riding treble for young Zach Lloyd. He only came back riding on Friday night and straight back into it with a treble there at Rose Hill Gardens yesterday. I heard Michael Hawkes talking after the race. He said, this is one man that absolutely hates when there's any give in the track. And the record actually shows that. She's now won seven races, all on good tracks and, and no record on soft or heavy. But Zach gave her a perfect run. Expat kicked off the bend, but Electric Girl was good enough to get her down. Yeah, it was a fast run race. Uh, 115.19 for the 1300, but they were home in 33.87. Regarding Maria Mia... Tim Clark um, was questioned by the stewards. Uh, she appeared to be disappointing at the dollar eighty favourite, and he said, "He said while she's um, been good on good tracks in the past, he sort of gave the indication that um, it might have been a little bit firm for her yesterday. And the tempo was a frenetic tempo. Mm. We know that Expat loves to roll along hard, and he I think he just felt the circumstances were a little bit different yesterday and slightly disappointing." 
Yeah, and I think probably that was her third go at 1,300 metres. I think maybe 1,200 or, you know, that, that 1,100 to 1,200, that's where she's most effective. But Electric Girl, that was her second black-type victory. She won the hot Danish back in 2021 at Group 2 level, taking the Group 2 Millie Fox yesterday. Let's have a listen now to the Silver Slipper, one of the key lead-ups to the Golden Slipper, which is now in one month's time. And King's Gambit was the favourite, not as short as last time, but he was still the popular elected $2.50. Platinum Jubilee's got it all on her own at the 600 metres. She's scampering along two and a half clear from the Colt Cylinder. Followed then by King's Gambit on the outside of Mumbai Muse as they turn. And Platinum Jubilee in front by two lengths on Cylinder, who's coming wider out giving chase. King's Gambit on his back. 250 out. Platinum Jubilee revved up now. A length in front to Cylinder. King's Gambit getting to the outside with his final assault. Platinum Jubilee still in front. Cylinder's knuckling down now. Cylinder goes to Platinum Jubilee and Cylinder went home best. Cylinder ran down Platinum Jubilee and King's Gambit every hope third. Get back to Fire Lane, Mumbai Muse and Madeira Sunrise last of all. This horse had two runs in the spring. It actually injured its jaw in the barrier stalls at Caulfield. Still ran and ran second, but I think it's taken a decent step between the spring and now the autumn because mm. the time was sharp, 1-3.2, and still a bit green, wanted to run yeah, about in the straight. I was just going to mention that. Yeah, the last 300 metres, he was sort of wobbling in and out as if he wasn't sure about it. As you say, he's only a lightly raced colt, lovely pedigree, and we've got to mention the dam, David. You rarely see this on a Saturday, the, the dam circular for Godolphin. Uh, she had the winner of race three as well, the three-year-old Parasail, and then this two-year-old Colt in the very next race, the Silver Slipper. So um, she certainly done the job with her two there yesterday. Platinum Jubilee, she did a little bit of work, gave a good kick. She was only sort of grabbed late. Well, I think as Adrian Bond said, she's done nothing wrong, has she, no. in, her, in her four-start career? So, And she's been up a little while, but... Uh... It is a balancing act, isn't it, with, you know, even Tony Gollum with Skirt the Law trying to get these two-year-olds to mm. peak for both. How many yeah, horses? Two grand finals, yeah, so to speak. Yeah, so it's tricky. I thought King's Gambit was all right. He, he wanted to over-race a little bit um, in the early part. And, you know, he didn't give give away the chase. He kept on strongly. I think in hindsight, just reading some of the quotes, um, had they had it over again, they might have had him a little closer to the pace mm. off, um, off Platinum Jubilee. But, look, he's got out to $17. And, you know, the slipper's always been his target from day one. So... Um, yeah, he was beaten three-quarters of a length there yesterday, but I haven't sort of fully given up on him. Let's have a chat with Mark Newton now. He's been able to join us, which is good. Mark, good morning. Morning, David. Morning, Michael. Congratulations Hello. on yesterday. This is a, a very, You'd be delighted with the return of this horse, King Frankly. He did everything asked of you. He was so good for you in the spring. Uh, he won three of his four races and first up there yesterday. Yeah, look, I've been uh, I've been dying to get him back to the races. Um, you know, for what he showed in his his first preparation here, you just know with those um, European stayers that they're um, generally a lot better at their second and third preps. So mm. I think the best is still ahead of him. Yeah, he's he's been a, a good purchase, hasn't he, for Derby Racing? Um, we mentioned a little earlier he, he won at Pontefract in the UK's maiden at start five. And then you picked up four wins with him. I see where he had um, a big gap, a little over a year, Mark, between his last start in the UK and his first start here. Yeah, he arrived in fairly ordinary condition. Um, uh, he was gelded over there and then sent over, and he, he didn't handle the trip or, or the gelding that well. Uh, and he lightened off uh, a lot. Um, so 
we gave him a we gave him a break when he got here, and then I brought him into the stable. I gave him a month's work, and then turned him out again. Just let him acclimatise a little bit more. So um, it was no there's no injury issues. It was just about giving him enough time to um, you know acclimatise and, and get over the gelding and the travel and everything else that went with it. When he, when he arrived in your care, he was, a, as Michael said, a British maiden winner. What were the expectations? What, like, what did Connections think this horse, what level would he go to? Oh, look, uh, they pretty much just present me with a horse and then leave it to me. Sure. Um, so there was no, um, looking at his form, there wasn't any great expectation, that's for sure. Um, but um, the thing is with these horses when they get here, especially on a, on a low benchmark, if you can if you can place them well enough, uh, get their confidence up, um, they can they can make fairly rapid improvement. Uh, Hubie de Berg, who, who finds their horses in the UK, uh, he's got a very good handle on Australian racing and and, and uh, comes out here for yearling sales. So he knows the type of horses um, that will do well here, and um, he certainly found the right one this time. Mark, he was first up for three months, 1900. Did you specifically um, sort of target that race for him, that Parramatta Cup? Yeah, look, his program's been centred around getting into the Sydney Cup at his fourth run in. Um, and, look, I find with these type of horses that you're better off to start than that they're close to their... Um, their best distance and competitive distance, just with the tempo of the races. Um, you run them in shorter races um, like we might do with a stay building up at 1,400 or a mile, um, but the tempo of the race gets them well out of their comfort zone. You end up giving them a much harder run than they would getting into a race such as yesterday's where they find their rhythm straight away. Um, you know, he's, he's, he's a natural stayer. He's got good lungs. So I've never had any fears about, um, you know, distance-wise first up with him. But what I like about him, we saw this at Newcastle and we saw it again yesterday. He's a stayer. We know that, but he's a stayer who's got speed as well. Yeah, he's not a dour horse. He's, um, he, he's, got a, he's got a little bit of brilliance about him and he's got some tactical speed. So he's, he's got good gate speed, which, you know, allows him to get into a a forward position. Uh, when he won at Newcastle, he actually ran the best 600 of the day, mm. uh, much quicker than even the, the sprint races on the day. I mean, that he had a very easy time of it in front at Newcastle, and it, it did turn into a, a sprint home, but he was still able to do it. Um, and he's a horse that don't have to work a lot. Um, he's not a big horse. He doesn't carry a lot of conditions. So you can leave him uh, fresh enough so that he does have a turn of foot. Good to talk again, Mark. Of course, Machelade and expat ran really well for the stable as well, but we'll chat again soon. Terrific. Thanks, guys. There Thank is you, Mark, Mark Newham joining us. Producer, have we had a break yet? No, we haven't. Look, we're running against time, so let's go to a break and then come back and have a look at Eagle Farm. You're listening to Radio Tabs Past the Post with David Fowler and Michael Maxworthy. Well, not many favourites won at Royal Randwick or at Rosehill Gardens or Flemington yesterday, but certainly the fair share were successful at Eagle Farm. There were nine races and seven favourites were successful, but not in the last race. This was the one where Michael Maxworthy and I tipped our good thing, hell of a dancer. <laughs> How could it possibly win after seven favourites had already won? 
but uh, the winner was most impressive. Here's the replay. Hell of a dancer looking for a runner. There's one coming out if she's good enough. Meanwhile, Zhuang Shi was the leader from Tamil Doodle Doo. Hell of a dancer needs to get a move on. The Vowels continues that rails hugging run. And then came Porky and Alpha Lily. Wider red top. Throw on the inside. The Vowels reach the lead. Tamil Doodle Doo tries hard. Hell of a dancer can't win. This is one favour that won't win. But the Vowels, what a ride. What a win. Won the last. Beat home Tamil Doodle Doo. Sunset Soiree flying for third. Hell of a dancer in fourth. Then red top. Alpha Lily, followed by Desimus Zhuang Shi. Zhuang Shi will get it right one day, Davy Boy. Then came Passover, too late, mate. Red Star Ruby, Porky, Spooky Spirit, Executive Stress, Better Rain, and Skater finish at the tail end. Yes, uh, the vowels virtually from near last to first, but right along the rail, never, mm. never went round a horse. No, um, by the way, Hill of a Dancer. I think she's going for a spell. The stable indicated that she'd had enough, and it looked like that. She she didn't race up to expectations. But, yeah, the winner was one of the most impressive performances of the day, the Vowels, uh, making it four wins on the trot, and it gave Jimmy Orman his 112th winner for the season. Mm. He's with us now on the line. Morning, jockey James Orman. How are you? Yeah, morning, Dave. Morning, Michael. Thanks for having me on. Pleasure. Um, this horse... Uh, I know it's off carnival time, I get all that, but had a bit of weight to carry, came from a long way back and now won four in a row, so there's a bit to like about this horse. Yeah, he's doing everything right. Um, they don't usually win four in a row if they can't gallop, so that's, um, yeah, he's giving me a good feel, there's no doubt about it. It was a good win to win from where he was. Obviously, need a little bit of luck from where we were, but we got it and uh, he was too good. Yeah, but how far do you think he can he can go? Like, he had top weight. It was a big field yesterday, and he seemed to win. Jim, maybe with something in hand yesterday? Yeah, he had something in hand. Um, yeah, I'm hoping he can, he can go on with it. I think they said they're going to target the Queensland Guineas. So, I mean, that's not unrealistic. I think he's up to it for sure. Your other winner was Comrade Rosa. She was expected to win. Uh, she's uh, a mare finding the right races, but she's 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 getting the job done very professionally. Yeah, you're right. Tony's done a great job. Tony's team's done a great job placing her. Um, but there's no doubt that she's got a jet, that's for sure. She gave me a really good feel when she let go. Um, she's, yeah, she gave me a really good feel. So I think she's a really nice uh, mare, and I think she's definitely stakes right. So um, yesterday you had seven rides, two winners and a couple of placings. What did you think about the track there, um, Jimmy? I noticed a lot of the riders earlier in the day were sort of staying, you know, four or five horses away from the inside, and then we saw you in the last come through along the rails. Yeah, I, I must admit I thought the rail was a little bit off, whether it dried out a little bit during the day, I'm not sure, but um, I still think it might have been a little bit slower on, on the fence, but um, I wouldn't have sort of had nowhere else to go in the last race, so that's why I looked to go, to go up there. But um, I think the race, the track race, sort of probably the best it's raced in a long time. It looked immaculate. Uh, the BRC have done a really good job to get it back to where it is. And, yeah, I mean, it looks great on TV. It raced great underfoot. And, um, yeah, we couldn't be happy with the way it's going. You're trending well. Last year you rode 78 and a half Metro winners to win the title. Already you're on 60, and we're only midway through February. Yeah, no, it's been a good season so far, David. Um, cannot complain there. Obviously, it's not going to be as easy as sort of 
what we think to win the premiership. We've got Ben Thompson and Ryan Maloney all um, in contention as well this year, so it's going to be a good challenge for me. But, um, yeah, I like the challenge, and I'm sure whoever wins it's going to ride a lot of... There's going to be a lot more than 78 Metro winners for the season this year for the winner, whoever it may be. Um, I'd say it'll be either me, Ben, or, or Ryan. So, um, yeah, it's going to be a um, very competitive season, that's for sure. And um, it's great, great to find it out with those two fellas. Um, they're very good riders. You'll win it for sure. You're a certainty. <laughs> Jimmy, um, <laughs> Jimmy uh, shortly you'll be marrying your fiance Heidi. When are the wedding bells? Uh, the 2nd of March, we get married on, on um, not this Thursday coming, the following Thursday. Uh, yeah, the 2nd of March. So yeah. two three two three. so we don't forget the date. Uh, <laughs> Will you be taking yeah. time off? Like, um, you know, because yeah. you, you need a break. You're one of the hardest workers. Yeah, you always say that to me, Matthew. I, yeah. I do work hard. Um, and, yeah, I do need a bit of a break. I'm riding straight, though, but it is... Um, Probably gonna have. I'm gonna have ten days off after I ride next Saturday, so I'll be able to get married and have a drink for my bucks and um, just relax for a few days. And I want to be back um, the week before the duel, so I want to be. Yeah. Uh, I don't really want to be missing too much, but I want to. Obviously, I'm gonna miss a Saturday and a couple of Wednesdays, which is okay though. Um, we're gonna get a little bit of time off, which is great. Good on you. Yeah, can't wait. Have you committed to ride Rupert's house in the duel? As far as I know, I have. Yep. Fair enough. Yep. Was it was it was it good when he had to work hard early? It was always on the cards. There was going to be there was going to be you know not trouble early, but you, you're going to have to negate that early. But he he burned the candle at both ends. Yeah, it was a tough effort on his behalf, and not only that, he had to travel from Sydney. And yeah, look, he's. I mean, if he drew a gate in that race, he probably wins a lot easier. There's no doubt about that. He's going to be better ridden off the speed, and that's how I'll, I'll be riding him in the duel. Good on you, mate. Thanks for joining us this morning. Thanks for having me, guys. Jimmy Orman, our Premier Jockey. We've run out of time, Michael. Thank you for your time today, and we'll talk soon, eh? OK, thank you, David. Michael Maxworthy with us. Thanks for your company, folks. Join you on Press Room tomorrow.